started. All right, welcome back to another episode. I hope everybody's doing really well. Uh, today we have a brand new guest, someone I'm really, really excited to speak to, um, all the way from my favorite city forever. Um, hello, Ishan, how are you doing today? Namaste, fantastic, absolutely scintillating. What about yourself? Oh, wow, I, good vocabulary choices. Yes, I'm, I'm good. You know, it's the end of the week and um, end of the week is always a weird energy mix. Happy for the weekend, a little bit tired from the week that's just been. Um, mm -hmm. So Ishan, I did the usual thing where I just Googled you actually and came across some very <laughs> impressive stuff. So um, you have done an undergraduate in, I think, management or business and then you've done an MSc in urban strategies and design from Edinburgh and I guess currently you are back in the homeland back in India working on a bunch of projects maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you know what's what's your gist what are you up to these days uh, so actually studying management management is basically a degree that you study when you don't know what to study so you go and study management it's a fascinating word. It means nothing at all. <laughs> it basically means you recycle whatever you've studied in class 10, 11, and 12, though an easier level of that. So in my dissatisfaction with my academic achievements, I decided to go and pursue something highly challenging in the University of Edinburgh, which was a very challenging university at the time that I went there. And of course, I thought I was much smarter than I actually was. So I went there with my chest, you know, chest high, walked into the university and I ended up coming 16th out of 16 students. It was fascinating. It was, I was, it was just, I, they just didn't get, they, they just didn't get me. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious. I actually, um, the funny thing was out of all the students in that, in that college, I was the only one who was still there later on because everyone had to go back because there were no jobs available. And your man had miraculously got himself an entrepreneurship visa. I don't know how I did this, but it was a complete string of coincidences. And suddenly I found myself in a startup in Scotland and uh, a miniature hero of the Brown community where everybody would just want to come talk to me uh, and just figure out how I did it. Some, some were unethical. Some just wanted to stay back for the sake of it, which I find very odd in the Brown community. As why would you just want to do that? What is the purpose? But uh, that's, that's what some people's genders are. So I had a startup and um, it was interesting. It was basically a sports-related startup. I don't know if people who listen to this podcast are into sports, uh, but I'm sure they've heard of Ronaldo and they've heard of Messi and most of the sports merchandise that you get in the world are just depictions of their faces or their jerseys. So my company was actually depicting moments, the best moments of sports in a very sports tactical representation using X's and O's, O for attackers, X for defenders. If this is too complicated, it's basically like a cross and knot configuration on a t-shirt depicting how a goal was scored. And we went, I mean, it was fun because we used to go to bars and pubs. We used to bet with people, give them free merchandise if they're correct. It was a, it was a real party. And wow. then my business partner decided that he uh, didn't want to work anymore and he went and got married and got himself a visa and because of that decision I had to I had to evict myself from the company as well as the country of Scotland and I had to come back home it was very abrupt I had a whole life over there I had a I had, I had a lot of things going on but then I had to leave 
and uh, packed my bags and it was about three weeks. I was given three, three and a half weeks time to figure it all out and leave, which was quite disheartening. Uh, but I did it and I came back to India and I realized that my mom had actually uh, made a startup and because I was unable to find a job in the field of urban planning. Obviously, since I had no idea what it was, I had no idea what was going on. So I yeah, started to look for a job very aimlessly. And uh, so I asked my mom if I could help her out in, in her startup. And of course, she had no choice but to agree. That's the advantage of being the only son. So <laughs> I find myself here three and a half years, almost three and a half years later, uh, doing decently well with her brand, launching my own brand in just about three days. That's amazing. Wow. Um, what's your brand going to be about? Okay, here's the pitch. Let's go. Are we ready for this? Let's go. Let's go. We're pitch ready. Yep. So the problem is that most, the problem is a game of marketing. As, well, as much fun as marketing is, it sometimes tricks you. And it tricks you into believing that a product is an expensive product or a luxurious product. And that is the same problem that arises in perfumes. Because perfumes are really not that expensive to make. But they're marked as this incredible luxury product. This super romanticized product, which we pay so much money for. But it genuinely doesn't cost that much. That is just the cost factor of marketing. So also, by the way, these companies that are selling such ridiculously expensive perfumes are also full of chemicals. That's another, that's another trick that they don't tell you. And they don't have to because it comes under trade secrets. So you're not required to mention the ingredients you use in perfumes. It's so harmful. It's not, even, it's not even a joke how harmful they are. So we decided we've had enough of this. We're going to come up with a, a, a perfume company that is not selling luxury. It's not selling romance. It's perfumes for real people. Perfumes like, for people like you and me, which are reasonably priced without the cost factor of marketing and do not have these ridiculous, unnecessary chemicals. And this perfume company is called Nior, N-I-Y-O-R. It is an Assamese word. Because we were also kind of understanding why is every perfume in India have to be sold as a French perfume? What is the what is the requirement here? So we are selling an Indian perfume that is made in India with Indian ingredients. And Nior is an Assamese word which means dew drops on the morning grass. Wow. Beautiful meaning. Um, you know what? I wanted to pick up something that you just said about French perfumes because um, there's a perfume brand called Dossier in, and mostly in the US. I've been seeing them on TikTok. And what they try and do is they find a super expensive perfume and they mm -hmm. imitate all the notes and then they sell it as an affordable. They're calling some, themselves a dupe for designer perfumes because the average, mm. you know, like an Hermes perfume goes for like 96 pounds. Now, there are two things that I think, you know, just as a consumer I, I buy plenty of perfumes myself on the one hand growing up there was this huge emphasis on brand names and the luxury that is associated yes. with you know you, you when your friends come to your house for a girl especially when they see your dressing table and if they can see a Chanel and they can see a French connection there was some sort of pride associated with that mm -hmm. Having absolutely that, we are moving towards this idea of you know being good for the planet and especially for women, you know, women who are growing up, getting into their late 20s, their 30s, we realize that all the nasty shit that is in products really messes up with ourselves, you know, our bodies and our hormones. But Ishan, mm -hmm. the question is, 
why do you think it isn't very like why doesn't it not get enough attention how damaging products can be because i mm-hmm. think only in the last year i realized that my shampoos my body washes that shit has really dangerous stuff in it but mm-hmm. it doesn't get mm-hmm. enough publicity do you like why do you think that's been the case for so long a fantastic question so the thing is uh, there's this man called Seth Godin i don't know if you've heard of him Seth Godin yeah. So he's, uh, we call him the most, uh, one of the most famous marketers in the world. He's oh. written a book called All Marketers Are Liars with the Liars Cut and beneath that written tell stories. So all marketers tell stories. And his book would explicitly talk about how consumers actually lie to themselves when they want to buy a product. There's a certain lie that a consumer has already told themselves. I'm going to give you a very fun example. So they took people who preferred Coca-Cola over Pepsi and they oops, and they put Pepsi in a Coke bottle and Coke in a Pepsi bottle and they made all of them drink it. And each of them had the same answer that the Coke tasted better. So the, the agenda behind these experiments was to identify what level of a buying decision is actually the customer convincing themselves that this is a product that is going to enhance their livelihood in some certain way, their stature, their power, their feeling of connection, whatever it is. So we always have two types of products, right? One is going to be a pain-killing product and one is going to be a vitaminous product, which is a a pleasure-deriving product. Mm -hmm. And if you have consumers who have convinced themselves that this is a particular product that is going to enhance their lives in this particular way, they are not going to search for the hidden ingredients that are harming the planet and are harming their bodies. They're not even going to be interested. They would have to be shaken out of their trance for them to be actually self-aware. And it's a journey. It does not happen overnight. That's why people don't quit smoking overnight. It is, people don't become vegetarian overnight. These are not things that happen immediately. So to answer your question, uh, I had the same journey. When I started figuring out it took me a while before I was like, I'm surrounded by chemicals. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. You can't even imagine. And you can't even imagine how many chemicals a lipstick has when your dog licks it off your face. That's incredible. You know? Yeah. So we don't oh know God. these things. Yeah, precisely. We don't know these things. By the way, that's what my mom's brand, it's called Gili Muti. That's what it stands for. It's People don't know that they're using chemicals. They just don't know it. They don't know they're being sold fake organic products. And because most companies who make such products don't make them, they buy them from somebody else and they put their label on top and they do fancy, fancy, fancy marketing and everybody falls for the marketing. That's the, I'm a marketer myself. I know the secrets. And I'm, sometimes marketing is great, but sometimes it's like you are, there's a gray area of, 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 of being ethical. And at some levels, it's the, the marketers surpass that, that level of being ethical. So I don't know, Anu. I don't know why, why everyone does lie to themselves. That's just what I've read in the books. If anyone's listening is interested, Seth Godin, All Marketers Are Liars, slash Tell Stories. Great book. Okay. Well, well, based on that, you know, somebody might say that, hang on, Ishan, you're saying that marketing is about deceiving people sometimes, but isn't that just the social media wave and marketers are riding the wave um yeah i'm sure that social media helps your brand but Mm -hmm. what would you say 
are the pros and cons of you know the way that social media promotes or pushes products towards us as consumers hmm. so i would say that we don't have a choice like we say you go on a date with someone right you've got on a date you met someone however you met them is irrelevant but let's say you don't know them too well and you've met them and you sat on the table what you're going to see on that table is not what that person is it's very rare that you're going to see what's like what's really going on it's a it's a game that they're going to play and even you're going to play i'm going to play i've played it so many times the, the game of pushing my best self forward and that is what a social media representation of a brand is because i have met you for the first time on social media the game you're going to play with me is the attract game i want to attract you so i'm only going to show you what i want to show you because there's that's all you need to see at at, at the present moment that's all you have the ability to see at the moment so that's what i'm going to play once i've got you attracted now we can dance with each other and now we can it's it's something called a content flywheel i know everyone's familiar with a content funnel but a flywheel basically works in a way that you don't know how your brand will where customers will come in contact with your brand you don't know attract game on every platform you have to play the attract game on youtube you have to play the attract game on instagram on facebook on a personal profile so once you get someone attracted to you now you'll enter into a dance and then you'll are judging you're testing the chemistry between yourselves so on social media i would say it does not start off with the con it starts off with the pro because you're trying to attract everybody the people that win on social media that i have noticed are the people that are able to exclude people from the very beginning exclude a customer base from the very beginning so for instance if there is a company that comes out and says you know we're only for age boom that seems to work i don't know why i'm not sure i'm still pretty novice pretty new to these things but these are some of the things i know right don't say a question on social media pros and cons i think at the beginning there are no cons i think there are just pros in the beginning right fair enough i mean because the podcast is about like self development and personal development and i guess social media plays a part in that as well um do you think social media affects the way that you feel about yourself like have there ever been periods where you took a break mm-hmm. and you cut off all the noise has it changed the way that you think of ishan well obviously there is a time there be we all should take a break from social media it's especially social media is a get a dance between creators and consumers right it's a marketplace basically you're trying to sell emotions on this marketplace some people share other people's content some people share their own content so at at a certain point of time the creators need the consumers to survive on the platform so the first thing is to identify what you really are on that platform are you creating or are you consuming and if you're consuming then it's very easy to crash very easy to crash if you're creating it's a little less easy to crash you do crash but not as easily because when i'm creating it's like this there's a great example of how a therapist needs time off from their job because listening to so many people's problems you only have so much fuel to do that and that is the that is the dilemma of a consumer on social media because there is only so much that you can consume without it having an effect on your psyche without it without it messing with you and that happened to me when i went in lockdown because i couldn't create i was only consuming 
and I kept consuming to a point where I was like, what even am I doing in life? Because I just see success all around me. It's, it's bizarre. It's obviously not possible. But again, because everyone's playing the attract game, you don't even know what they're about. I'm not even in the situation where I'm testing chemistry with anybody at any level. So I just see success stories again and again and again. And that is where I've noticed the people who are relatable, the people that bring a weak foot forward sometimes say, hey, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad week or anything related to that type of content. Those are people that really start winning suddenly. And if there is burning out of social, if there's no burning out of social media, I would consider that odd. Everybody has burnt out at some point in time. I promise you that. Everybody I know has left Instagram for a while does not post for a while, gets too heavy for them for a while. But I think what's really important is to identify, are you a consumer or are you a creator? There's nothing wrong with being a consumer. There's, there's nothing wrong with being a spectator and spectator sport. Nothing wrong at all. But to understand that you will not be able to consistently consume without taking a break. It's, it's going to be very taxing on you. So if that, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, all, no, no, absolutely. Based on what you said, you know, you talked about it is, it's more real to have people admitting online that there's good days and there's bad days. Do you mm-hmm. think there's a difference between how men and women do that? Oh, uh, I am not sure. I've, that's not something I have. Uh, well, I've not looked at that from you a gender view yet. I'm sure you have friends who are guys and you have friends who are girls. Um, mm-hmm. Do you notice anything different between the way that guys and girls share their weaknesses? Online. Uh, for me, for example, I, I think I have more girlfriends than guy friends. And mm-hmm. we have recently been a lot more open about body image or, you know, skin mm-hmm. texture. Um, a big movement mm-hmm. that I've seen on Instagram is uh, mm-hmm. destigmatizing having acne or skin problems, which has been really mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. during our teenage years, it was such a shameful thing. And, you know, fair, was. the rise of Fair and Lovely and all of that was such a big hype. Mm-hmm. So moving away from that has been really freeing. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if there are some topics where guys feel like, no, I can't go there. I can't share that online. Because definitely all of us are buying into this. Ooh, it's a con- uh, that's interesting. And we're winning all the time. Do you think we should step away from that? Like, it's mm-hmm. not really about winning all the time. That's just not sustainable. I lost you for a second. Hello? Yes. Lost you for a second. That's fine. It's not about winning all the time. Yes. Yeah. So I was saying it's not sustainable for us to say that we're winning all the time. But are Mm -hmm. we ever going to move away from that? Because it's fun to pretend like you're winning all the time on social media. Mm. (laughs) It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I I don't think it's sustainable at all because someone... So there's the whole game of congruency, which is the game, which is the next step uh, that I was going to get to. So there's attract, there's the chemistry, and there's congruence. And as soon as you come to the congruence game is when you realize the substance behind the person. What are they really like? And it's awful to see that image shattered in your head. Let's give you an example. If there's a, if there's a actor, celebrity, who perceives, who behaves like they are extremely benevolent, you know, extremely kind-hearted and caring, and when you actually meet them in real life, it turns out that that is not at all the case. And that is with so many such celebrities. That is the battle of congruence that they have just lost. And it's the same on social media. There's so many people that I know who would give on this tough, tough guy image, tough girl image, you know, we're tough. 
you know we're, we're not going to be beaten beaten out of any game and uh, when you meet them you're almost expecting this 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 personality to hit you and it doesn't and you actually find out that they're quite meek so the they, they're just not playing the the congruence game very well with you and the people that play the congruence game really well are the people that sort of end up really winning the hearts of somebody because they are what they are whether it's on social media and whether it's whether it's live and that doesn't mean to say that any personality is better than any other personality but a fake personality is the worst thing that you could encounter if you believe that somebody is what they portrayed themselves to be and you find out that they are not oh god that's happened to me so many times but i meet someone and i'm like you just have a completely different social media this is madness so if i try to do anything on my social media it's to be as me as possible of course i'm not i'm not one to display my weaknesses but yeah once in a while i will chuck in a post saying hey i had a shit day you know am i allowed to have a shitty day and a couple of people will oh check this out this is beautiful i was frustrated the other day that i shared so many of my friends my peers business content and i support them and not many people do that for me right and i actually went out and made a story and i said uh, this is weird why uh, even if you shared my my business stuff even just once in a while that would really help out and the best part was still nobody shared it but one girl who i was really not even close to she came out and made a really nice story about one of my perfumes and uh, just very genuinely said that hey you know i bought this product and it's absolutely beautiful and i tell you shan to charge more money but he doesn't he's such a sweet guy you should go and check this out i've got migrated countries i still carry his perfumes i got on right there i got about 10 i got 10 plus 13 to 14 orders because of that one person and then i went out and shared that because of this one person i've got 14 orders and still nobody shared it oh my god mm. it's just when i speak to people at least they're aware that you know i'm not i'm not putting this on yeah. and i'm not saying that i'm good at this or i'm bad at this all i'm saying is i figured out the game of congruence that congruence matters the most because i can attract you sure anyone can attract I can play the chemistry dance with you sure many people can play the chemistry dance but not many people can be play the congruent game very well and there's nothing to play there it's just to be who you are and it doesn't matter if you're a grumpy person it doesn't matter if you're a really happy person it doesn't matter if you're a vulnerable person as long as that's what you always are and of course you're going to have days where you're not so but when you are consistently not so and when somebody meets you in real life and you're completely different from your social media image that is going to cause some terrible mistrust and you i'm sure i know i'm 100% sure you've seen this tell me you've seen this for sure i think something that always confuses me is when someone i know in real life is going through a really shit time but their mm-hmm. social media is like wow i'm hot I'm happy. I'm free. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. I I get this like cognitive confusion. I'm like no, mm-hmm. I know you're not happy. So why are you mm-hmm. trying so hard to convince your however thousand followers that you're happy? Um mm-hmm. I'm going to be really real. It really fucks with me and it makes me mm-hmm. want to delete my stuff forever. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I have this real urge to be like I don't need this in I don't need this app. 
but I feel like uh-huh. I have a addiction and, and I don't know how to get over that. Hmm. Why do you feel you have an addiction? Um, I think part of it is just because of the way that I've grown up. Like, so I used to live in Kolkata and then mm-hmm. I moved to the UK to study. Now I live and I work in the UK, but I have a mm-hmm. huge chunk of my life back home and the only way I can see those like little moments of everybody else's day is through the social media apps so when Mm -hmm. I feel like deleting it I think I'm shutting a door Mm -hmm. and that gives me I think it's FOMO I'm just like oh shit what if I miss a friend getting married what if I miss Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the little moments um but there are mm-hmm. times that I'm like, I don't need this app. This app is taking up too much of my, my life. So I, I mm-hmm. don't really know what to do about that. It's a real dilemma. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. It is for all of us. But it is where we, it's how we participate in life. So I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, spending a lot of time on social media at all. I mean, you don't have to feel bad about that. It is the way our generation uh, not just the generation, just it's the way that people of this era participate with each other. And uh, perhaps that might change, perhaps that might not. Like Clubhouse is attempting to, to really shake that up because you have a less pressurized social media where you can just chat orally without having any kind of prior post, without having any kind of image, any number of likes, any kind of metric apart from your followers that you're measured on. It's a very casual social media that is so low pressure that people are flocking to it. And you can also like browse on, uh, say, a, a different app while you're on Clubhouse. So you don't have to have your full attention on it while you're listening to someone else speak. And you don't have to come live like camera live. So I think there's a, there's a new emerging sort of casual social media market that's showing up. But of course, you're not able to see anybody's updates. And people will lose the game of attraction over there and they'll have to play the game of congruence because how much can you fake it when you're actually speaking to somebody or you're listening to them speak yep so i don't think i don't think you need to to feel bad about that Anu, at all because we all do it i promise you we all do it oh let me give you this um the last time that you would have met I, one second before i ask you is that are you seeing somebody at the moment yes i am <laughs> Okay, so say, let's take you back to the time before you were seeing this person that you're seeing. Okay. And say that you met this person for the first time and it was an era, it was, it was, it was the world of today. One of the first things that you probably would have done after you met this person would have been to open up your phone and see what they're like on social media and see what's going on there. What, what's really happening? Who is this person? You know? And... I actually got on Instagram really late and I got on it for two reasons that I was listening to a lecture on personal development where this person was saying that, you know, the second you walk, if you, if you want to have an active dating life or you want to have an active networking life, the second you go and you establish a connection, the first thing that that person is going to do is to look you up on social media and see what is going on with you. Are you really how cool you present yourself to be? What, what's, what's your congruence game? I want to play the game. I want to play the chemistry dance with you. I want to see what's happening. So when that happens and you don't have a social media presence in today's world, do you really exist? These are not my words. It's his words. Oh when I heard God. that, I was like, wow, that's, that's, I want to, I want to exist. 
you know <laughs> I, I don't want to miss i don't want to miss out on you know a, a dating life i don't want to miss out on a networking life and i scrambled to get on social media within like within a week i was on instagram and blogging and whatever whatever i do on online was completely not, I, i hadn't planned it and because i hadn't planned it it was cool because people started getting in touch with me saying i love i love your content i love the way you're so confident on camera because nobody else did it everyone else was just posting photographs but i didn't know that because i thought this is just what everybody does on social media i had no idea so without even trying i was on social media because i was afraid of missing out so fomo is not a bad thing sometimes it causes you to take action true and and taking action can be very you know it didn't help you out and you know despite my uh, dilemmas about social media i use social media to put the podcast together i use social media to reach out to people that i admire like yourself so mm-hmm. it it is always oh, thank useful you. yeah no definitely um but on on a different note you know obviously your business projects you're very passionate about them and we will be you know so excited to share what you are working on on our platform but i also wanted to ask you about dancing mm-hmm. because you have been a part of one of if not the you know most well known crews from kolkata and you know you guys have done things nationally as well um members from your crew have gone on and they've been on shows they've toured campuses mm-hmm. so tell mm-hmm. us about the beginnings mm-hmm. of full stop because many people know about the famous or the cool side of full stop but maybe you can tell <laughs> how it all started oh it started off really cool we just there were there's you know the, the thing about calcutta that there's a lot of hot air you know people like to talk a lot and yeah. even in the dance circle there were people who like to speak and just pretend like you know there's something really cool going on but there wasn't and there was a lot of what's the word politics which is a different connotation today but in school it meant something completely different and yeah. you know a lot of us were tired of it and we there were some of us who just genuinely wanted to dance we just didn't want anything else out of it we didn't want i mean sure it came with a lot of uh, it came with ego boost it came with popularity but that's not what we were really after we just were a group of people and we wanted to dance and we were put together uh, It, it was actually a crisis that put put us all together because all the schools decided to have a day where they uh, did not want to indulge in fasting in a particular year. So my school had a fast, and because there were none of the big schools, so someone just came and decided to call all the best dancers from each school, put them in the same dance team, and have them perform. And that was so widely successful that we were like, we can obviously take this forward. And Calcutta is a city that has always produced great talent in every field. In, I would say uh, per capita talent in Calcutta is probably the highest that you get in India. High exporter of talent and importer of nothing. So uh, it's an outpouring of talent constantly. And also the dancers were, I mean, what would you dance after college, school and college? There was nothing to, there was no, nothing to do. So Full Stop was... team that formed together because we realized it's something going on when you bring great talent together in one team there's something that people want to see and there is a future in whatever way you think not necessarily career there is dancing to be done after you are done studying and that was a big move in those days big yeah. move yeah so i left uh, when i left i was in college in symbiosis in pune and i left for the uk and uh, 
I kind of stopped dancing. Me and my dance team in Edinburgh, we didn't get along. So I just, just because I was in college and I just had a one-year college, I just didn't dance after that. And uh, I, I kind of tried to find my way back with you know, a once-a-week class just to keep in touch. But when I came back to India in 2018, I found that if when I left India, there were 100 dancers. When I came back three years later, that 100 had become 1,200. So the growth of dancing in India was exponential. And Full Stop had a big part to play because it made people believe, especially from the city of Kolkata, that this is something you can do. You can, you can make money from this. You can be somebody of substance in society because when we were doing it, people, at least people, our peers loved it, but our parents, our families weren't too keen on it. And there is a whole, there's a whole story, there are multiple stories there, but they weren't too keen on it at all. Today, it's not a taboo if you're a dancer, but it was when we were in school. It was like, Oh my God, you're like a dancer. Like I mean, my friends' parents would talk to me like that. Would talk down to me like, Oh my God, you're a dancer. Like what are you gonna do in life? Like you're gonna dance in like a bar, like oh you know, big God. condescendingly. <laughs> so I, I used to get that like you know, look look at this guy's dancing on the road. I mean, what does he think of himself? <laughs> I used to get that a lot. So yeah, yeah, we made, we made people believe that it's possible that you can have a fulfilling life with dancing in it. Absolutely. And I think that's such an empowering message to anybody who's younger, because we have a lot of young listeners to the podcast, you know, people who are like 17, 18 just now. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure they can appreciate the message that just do stuff for fun. Not everything has to have a career path. Not everything has to be, you know, life defining just because Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy the fact that it looks like whenever you're dancing, you seem really happy. And Mm -hmm. we definitely need more of that energy, you know, given Mm -hmm. what has happened for the past couple of years as well. So people Mm -hmm. should find joy wherever possible. So Mm -hmm. to wrap up, I guess if somebody is similar to you, but a few years younger than you, so they like marketing, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. like business, they like Mm -hmm. creativity. Do you have any advice for how they can keep chasing what makes them passionate but also you know stay sane and not get too caught up in the noise i'm not going to be too philosophical i don't know about this i'm just going to say that find a mentor that would be the wisest thing for anybody younger to do is find someone who is close to where you want to be and follow what they tell you to do if you trust them just take don't take advice from everyone, but take advice from one person and really take advice from one person. Like really, really take advice from one person. It's shocking how much having a mentor who you're accountable to can accelerate any part of your growth in any field. That's what's missing, especially in the startup world. When people decide to be in startup, they either work so hard they get burnt out or they're just not accountable to anybody. So they just, they work a lot, but they don't get a lot done. And to avoid this is always to have someone who knows a little more than you and you're accountable to them. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, fair enough. Well, with some really, really useful nuggets of wisdom, but also just a really great conversation today, Sean. Thank you so much. And um, we'll tell the people where they can find you. And uh, mm-hmm. good luck for your launch in three days. You know, we wish you all the best. We're sure it's going to go you. really well. And thank you. You, know, you now you found a permanent uh, supporter 
uh, on our platform at least we will always uh, shout you out and, and encourage you to keep going man you're doing some really great stuff that is beautiful anu thank you i was very privileged to be part of this conversation i don't think that i've done too much in life but you know i'm i'm always happy to share my three cents with whoever whoever would like to uh, participate in personal growth i'm with you i'm with you whoever that person is 